Welcome back to Coffee with Innovate Finance, a podcast series where we are speaking with experts from the industry on the changing face of financial services and the future of fintech and financial innovation. I am Rashi Pandey, Head of Partnerships and Growth at Innovate Finance, and today I'm delighted to be joined by two UK fintechs, Napier and Eberi, both of whom have scaled out of the Middle East from the Dubai International Financial Center, aka DIFC, which is the leading financial hub for the Middle East, Africa, and South Asia, aka MEASA. So today we'll hear their stories of how they grew their startup companies and took them international, and why they chose the region and, in particular, the DIFC as their locations. And for that, we also have the DIFC present. So I'm very pleased to welcome Salman, who's the Chief Business Development Officer at DIFC, Julian Dixon, CEO of Napier, and Domantas, who is the Country Manager UAE at Ibery. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys, and very warm welcome to all of you. So diving right in, Salman, uh, first up, can you tell us a little more about your role and DIFC in general? Well, thank you, Rashi, for taking the time to speak with us. We exist, obviously, to drive economic growth here for Dubai and UAE, and we exist um, really to support uh, clients like Ebury and like Napier, uh, which are, I think, two really, really amazing stories. Uh, and we'd love to hear more about um, their thought process behind expansion and growth. But basically, we're a financial center designed to support our clients. And um, one of the things that we've kind of pivoted towards, uh, the name Financial Center, which is in our title, has now evolved naturally because the markets evolved. So, you know, 15 years ago, the average client would have been a large bank or asset manager. And today, much more likely our, our next, the, the next client we acquire is likely to be a spectacular company like, you know, um, Ebury or Napier. So in a nutshell, um, we're here to drive economic growth, uh, attract the best talent capital in the world into financial services and fintech. And that's uh, what uh, our team does. Sounds great. I think you are uh, driving the best talent and some of UK's, uh, you know, leading startups as well. So Julian, uh, what's your and Napier's story? I mean, you've taken Napier International from the UK to the Middle East. So can you tell us, you know, how did that come about and, you know, about choosing Dubai and just working with the DIFC and how has it been? Hi, Rashi. Thank you. Yes. Napier is um, a financial crime and compliance software company, um, which I'm, I'm sure everyone um, appreciates is quite important in the, in the world we live today. So we started Napier six years ago because we saw that the, the technology prevailing six years ago really wasn't answering the questions that were being asked. And we've been quite successful in our growth, both domestically and internationally. So we have over 200 clients globally now, um, and in fact, our staff, we've got staff all the way from the US to Australia and in between. And I think the DIFC offered us, let's say, a frictionless way of setting up an office and a presence within the Middle East, which, of course, is a hugely important area for um, finance and thus has a requirement for software that facilitates the detection of financial crime. So, you know, for us, it was really about we wanted a present. Dubai seemed to be the place. And the DIFC offered us absolutely the best way of, of doing that and scaling rapidly without a lot of the problems that we'd had 
perhaps in other parts of the world where you get involved in you know um, complex laws uh, and banking um, uh, uh, operations in order to set up a presence in that environment. So it really offered us a, a very simple and effective way of growing quickly in that region. That sounds wonderful. So you guys are truly international and, you know, kudos to you guys that you're expanding, you know, within the Middle East and, and your relationship with DIFC. And how about you, Domantas? Uh, what's Eberry's story in Dubai and how has it been working with the DIFC and how did that come about? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I just wanted to start with, uh, you know, with Julian, because, you know, I can confirm from our own experience the massive need for what you do. Um, and I'm shocked that we haven't had a chance to cross paths yet because we're in desperate need of these type of uh, services. So <laughs> that's already a, a big benefit. But yeah, I mean, look, from, from Ibri's point of view, um, I guess what's a little bit different to us is, you know, we're not a, a, a startup in the same sense that we started from inception in the DIFC. We've been around for, for, for a little while, but I think when you come to the Middle East, if I'm being, you know, completely frank, it is almost like um, developing a startup because everything is brand new. Um, and, and this is where this is where the DIFC for us came in, because as a business expanding into the UAE, you know, we didn't know if it was going to be successful or if it was going to be a, a car crash. Um, and the DIFC helped in that respect because you know, we entered the market as a, as a rep office capacity. We were able to see how things work in the UAE, understand the client base. And, you know, when we were confident and ready to move into you know, the next step, um, the DIFC had the appropriate license for us providing money services. Um, and, you know, we were lucky enough to be the first ones to, to get it. So I think for me, the DIFC has been terrific in that fashion because it, it just allowed us to effectively dip our toes in see how things work in a in a in the uae um and when we were ready they were you know really supportive in in getting us into the fully fledged licensed um entity that we are now so that's kind of our experience and yeah it, it felt almost like you know starting a startup um setting up the uae office uh, but the ifc was incredibly helpful on that Sounds great. I mean, I mean, all startups operate that way, right? But it's, it's great to hear that it was almost like a sandbox kind of model. And then when you guys got comfortable, you were very happy to launch. And very briefly, can you can you just maybe for our listeners, just tell what you guys do, Ibery, you know, in, a, in one sentence? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we provide foreign exchange services to small and medium sized businesses. Um, our model is is effectively, you know, offering the same type of products that a bank would to its big clients, um, but to the SME space. Uh, because in the UAE, for example, you know, 80, 90% of the market is SME. And when you go to them and you speak to them in the same way that a bank would speak to their largest clients, they're very receptive to that. It's all relative. You know, a CEO of an SME feels that that is their world and, and they need to operate that as best as possible and any way that a company can help them do that they are actually you know very appreciative of that and so yeah we provide currency services to them we help to make international trade a bit more streamlined uh, and cost effective but we also look to offer them a very good reactive service um, so that they feel like you know we're a partner not just a third party provider 
That sounds interesting. I mean, it, it sounds like you guys have to be at global financial centers, right? Um, and, and Salman, I mean, uh, Julian and both Domantas have spoken about DIFC. Um, can, can I just pick your brain quickly on this as well? So do you guys proactively pick up on supporting your you know, clients' goals and growth? And, and how do you do that to ensure that you're giving them most uh, the bespoke kind of support that they do need? Well, I mean, we, we try. Um, that's the aspiration. I mean, look, um, one of the things that we tell our team constantly is despite being, you know, the, the most established or largest finan uh, financial center between the UK and Singapore, we have to, you know, we don't, we have to fight for, for, for relevance and to make sure that we're adding value for our clients, right? So we should not take it, we, we, we never take it for granted that, um, that clients should come here. I mean, clients need to see value. So from that perspective, I think what's changed is that um, earlier on the game was about licensing uh, and, um, and, and that has evolved. Um, and I think we're, we're trying to move much more in the direction of partnership and enablement. Um, you, you know, having uh, Napier and Eber here also is a really good example of how you can use platforms to solve specific regional uh, market issues, right? So um, when you say FinTech in general, it, it means different things to different people. In this region, um, uh, payments or the efficient transmission of payments or FX um, for small for SMEs is a problem because there's an inefficiency in the market. Banks struggle with it um, and there's a lot of cost and inefficiency into it. So getting the regs right to attract people like Iberi to solve it is valuable for the market. It develops the market. Similarly, um, you know, RegTech, um, you know, compliance, um, transaction monitoring. You know, we live under a microscope in this region for things such as, you know, anti-money laundering, counterterrorism financing. Um, there've been a, there, you know, there, there's been at least one FATF review, and and so it's very important for this market to be seen as uh, functioning well, completely transparent, and so. Companies like Napier bring, you know, solve for that problem, bring efficiency, bring digitization to it. So, um, so our job is to find those problems and bring the best companies in from around the world to help solve them. That's the primary way in which we, we support. Now, we can talk, um, you know, further in the conversation about the, the specifics of how we support um, when it comes to visas and licenses, but we can, we can talk about that afterwards. No, that sounds great. I like how you're basically looking for the problems and solutions, uh, you know, at the same time. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for sharing. Julian, uh, coming to you now, um, since, you know, you are a fintech who expanded uh, within the region, what opportunities are you seeing for fintech in the MEASA region? Right. So I think, you know, when, when you, we talk about fintechs, again, that is um, different things to different people. So even more subtly, we'd call ourselves RegTech. But you know, to answer your question, I think um, we we had clients um, in the region um, prior to us having um, a, a physical presence there, and and that that you know gets to a point where it becomes a problem, particularly with the Middle East, which is a very relationship-based culture more so than anywhere else. And our clients, you know, were saying to us, Julian, you know, we'd love to. We'd love to do more business with you. We'd love to introduce you to other people, but you know we need to we need to be able to see you. So, and we we thought that was a really good idea, and it was part of our expansion plan. So 
we we then went ahead and, and set up um, our, our office in the DIFC. And I think, you know, we've got uh, five people um, stationed in the DIFC in the offices there that can actually get up and go and see clients. And, um, you know, pandemic, obviously, you know, not stopping anybody doing things. But, you know, when 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 you're allowed to go and shake their hands and and actually look them in the eye and build that relationship. And it's having that relationship building ability out of the DIFC that's been so important to our expansion and continually uh, continuation of building our brand and our good name there as well. And we, you know, we are really committed to doing that and to growing within the region because, you know, it is a very important um, financial services region. And, it's, and like all financial services, it does have the requirement to be really well regulated and it requires the very latest and best software in which to do that and I think that's where we we begin to fill that gap. No you, you're absolutely right I, I do agree it's a very important you know financial center uh, and, and for innovation too and how about Domantas how about you what are the opportunities you're seeing with fintech within the region? I think um, I think if you asked me like six months ago I would have said you know something around open banking and I think that still remains to be um, you know quite a a big sector that will open up um, along with new players that are coming in and developing the finance industry. But for me recently, um, I, it was purely out of my own experience, but um, you know, trade finance and lending in a region, I think is, is probably something that's really interesting for me. The reason being is not because of the product. I mean, you know, it, it remains the same. It's lending. It's, it's been the same for, you know, since the beginning of time, but um, Companies are coming into the market like the UAE, where there isn't uh, readily available information, um, and they're applying different credit models to businesses. And I think you know the UAE and SME sector specifically is is so in need of this financing and you know ability to expand and to grow. Um, but the banks are just not effectively you know servicing them because they're using credit models. Uh, you know, like I need to see your financials, uh, your bank statements, etc. And not using kind of more innovative ways of assessing someone's credit worthiness. And I've come across a couple of different examples of companies who are, you know, looking at it completely differently. And if, you know, someone can come in and really crack it at scale, I think that would be a, an amazing sector to open up to SMEs. And you, again, going back to Salman's point, you know, you would see the whole ecosystem really grow um but yeah i think i think for me that's definitely one of the exciting ones because it's such a big market and it is notoriously hard to credit score businesses in the uae and some businesses are looking at it in a completely different view and using technology ai um you know all the advances that we have now to better calculate someone's score using wow. different measures than the traditional way so yeah i think that that's one that that kind of sticks out in my mind at the moment sure i think it's difficult worldwide and that's why i think uh you know fintech exists right um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, tell us how how uh you know what are your plans going forward uh you know with eBury and you know international expansion yeah i think um you know we're uh 11 12 years old now and it still feels like you know we're one or two because the the focus is still you know growing very quickly going into new markets so uh, one of our most recent um expansions has been into latin america 
um, which doesn't really come as a surprise given that um, you know Santander is one of our largest shareholders. Um, but that also paves the way for other more exotic markets, um, which includes you know African markets, um, not just restricted to North Africa, but in Africa in general. So I think I think we'll see more expansion in that sense. But another strategic um, plan of ours is to really utilize and leverage the growing ecosystem and create quite strong partnerships. Um, so, for example, you know, most recently we have partnered with a trade finance company, the IFC. We'll kind of release more information um, soon, but that's um, something that is very complementary. And so we're looking for all sorts of types of players that we can connect with um, and create these strategic partnerships with each, either they add value to their clients or collectively we add more value to, to the clients that we each have. So that's kind of the current focus. And I think that allows us to scale even quicker than the previous model we followed. Oh, that sounds great. And, and I'm going to throw the question at you as well, Julian. What are your plans going forward? Well, Napier, um, as I said, we've got um, offices all the way from the US to, to Australia. So we span the, span the globe. And it's really more of the same because I think when we're talking to financial organizations, Within, within the anti-money laundering or fin crime space. What's really important is that relationship of trust, right? Trust, and you know, the banking and financial services is a trust network. You have to have trust in order to do business. And I think that's particularly relevant with um, uh, reg tech and what we do. So having um, large scale, um, globally spread out, lots of clients, lots of client references, is really important to us as a company because it's important to our clients so they know that we can deliver what we say we can deliver. Um, so it's really about expanding that and growing and gaining that reputation and that trust and delivering what we believe are leading software products to our clients and taking, taking the market forward, the, the market in, in software for anti-money laundering we believe um, has been typically fairly antiquated um, and we believe that it needs um, a modernization process. And we think that pivotal moment is happening now in lots of places all over the world and giving them the latest technologies, which includes machine learning and AI as part of that, but also you know, having the ability to have big scale um, uh, software implementations with small footprints, having it easily upgradable, Having, having the ability for it to be um, configuration, not hard-coded, and giving the ability of our clients to write their own rules and put their own configuration in without the need for expensive professional services is something that's really important to us. And that's, that's product that we deliver to our clients. So it's really more of the same and adding new features and enhancements as we go along. No, that, that sounds great. Um, and you know, Hopefully, more power to you both uh, and into, you know, expanding it further. And Salman, uh, coming to you now, can you share some trends DIFC is seeing, especially trends from, you know, UK companies? And what do you envision as the future of the center, especially while working, you know, with companies like Ivory and Napier? Yeah, so look, um, uh, you know, both gentlemen have, have leveraged the word scale. And I think scale is, you know, overused but underappreciated. 
Um, yeah, the thing about scale uh, in this in this ecosystem is that it's it uh, its power is compounding. So when you go from 200 to 400 to 500 companies, as 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 we are, so we'll end the year at 500 companies. What it does for the ecosystem in terms of talent, access to partnerships, as as Jamantis mentioned, is you know, do you need companies to be physically present next to you to find them? Of course not. Does it help when you have a thriving ecosystem of, of talent um, that's working in the same space? Yeah, it actually turns out it, it turns out to be really really important. So one one thing is I see I see us really taking the scale and, and, and going vertical when it comes to uh, the the breadth of companies and the depth of companies. Um, you know, in about fifteen or sixteen months, I expect us to hit about a thousand companies um in in the center from 500 so we'll double in size um that that's one number two and more importantly um we will continue to solve problems uh for the sector so i think um what you'll see is you'll see a deepening of the the, the existing important spaces that let's say uh, napier and ebury occupy so there's a lot of work yet to be done in, in the payment space on the retail side and the wholesale side and, and FX in trade finance. Um, I think with the scale um, in, tra in transactions, we need really serious support uh, for the industry to ensure that the sheer volume of digital transactions are done safely with the right kind of oversight. So that's gonna happen, but we're also seeing, we're also gonna start to see, so, so we're, gonna, we're gonna scale there, but we're gonna also start to, to, to see some some seeding of future technologies. So, you know, if you believe the, the mantra of essentially decentralized finance, and, and, and I'm not suggesting DeFi is happening tomorrow, but if you believe in a generalized move towards pockets of decentralization via, you know, DLT or crypto backed technologies, um, we're going to start to see um, the incubation of businesses and, and, and the uh, and growth there as well. So we'll see a deepening of quote unquote traditional kind of digital spaces, and we'll start to see um, a lot more investment and seeding uh, in those new areas of growth. Um, so it's it's a pretty exciting time. I should add, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this. Um, you know, we, we used to have a hundred million dollar fintech fund, and we've scaled that up to a Dubai Innovation District fund of a billion dirhams. We've hired a CEO. Uh, for that fund, but we haven't yet announced we'll be doing that. So, so we'll continue to to invest in sector development uh, significantly for Dubai and UAE. Wow, that that sounds really good, and and thank you uh, for sharing that with us. You know, even before the announcement, and, you know, I was just actually going to quickly ask Julian and Napier, but I think I'm going to ask you first about you know what would be your advice, you know, for looking, you know to other UK companies and even other companies in general looking at the region uh, to grow. And, you know, uh, I'm coming back uh, to you on this because you did, you know, speak about visa and licenses and how you yeah. support. Uh, so so can, can you tell us very quickly before I go on to uh, Napier and uh, Ibery to give their... Sure, sure. look, I, I like to echo what uh, our clients say. Um, my clients tell me that obviously the most important decision is whether or not there's a business case for, for market entry, right? So, so if you're a UK-based firm, you, you first have to believe uh, yourself or for your investors at least that there's a business case to be made for the propagation of your technology or your business model in this region. 
I'm biased, but I think the, the case for those business cases are very, very strong across a large swath of sectors simply because our demographic pyramids here in the region, not necessarily, you know, Dubai and surrounding areas are inverted. And the inversion means that a young population will continue to consume a wide array of financial and non and financial services for the next 20 and 30 years. So, so, so that's the first thing. Second thing is you have to take a long view. You know, Demantis mentioned, even though the DIFC has this great platform, you know, coming to the region is like, is as though you're starting from scratch. And I think you have to have a little bit of that thinking because you have to take a slightly medium term uh, uh, view. If you're getting into the region, any market with a 12 month business case, as much as, I, you know, as I'd like you to su succeed, it's best that you have at least a three to five year view. Now, um, if we do our jobs right at, at the DIFC, we will continue to support those businesses and, and provide the funding so that you can make it to that 18 month, two year, three year stage. And then the third thing I'd say very quickly is to find the right place where you think your business model has the best chance of success. If you want a place um, that has a track record um, in terms of regulations, as English common law based uh, jurisdiction, has a history of, of uh, recourse when there's issues in courts and things like that, I think you should uh, you know, do your diligence on, on, on the free zones that make a difference. And I think uh, the DIFC stacks up pretty well. So. No, that absolutely sounds wonderful. And, you know, I'm going to come back to you, Julian. Uh, you know, what would be your advice uh, for others looking at the region to grow and, you know, the support you have received from DIFC? Sure. I mean, I, you know, outside of obviously every organization having its own business plan and business model, if you are looking to enter the UAE market, I think the DIFC, as I said at the very beginning, gives a really frictionless way of doing that um, uh, and, and, it, and it becomes a non-scary process because if you're a small company like us when you're looking at opening businesses around the world you know we don't have the finance of big corporations where we just hire lots of lawyers to get it done for us it's a much more considered way of doing things and the DIFC has obviously done a, a huge amount of work to welcome companies like ours and is set up to aid companies like ours to be successful in the region. So for us, it was a very quick decision to make to go in the DIFC and it's proven to be very, very good value and very fruitful for us. Thank you very much for sharing. How about Domintus, how are you? Any advice and you know the support you received from DIFC? Yeah, yeah annoyingly, um, <laughs> Salman touched on the, the points I was gonna discuss. I mean, you know, just to echo it very briefly, um, well, you have to do your research um you know when entering the the market here um i just can't stress that enough we learned that the hard way i think because we were like okay amazing the uae is a great market let's go um but i think you have to do a, a lot of research and that means you have to be very careful about who you speak to and you know who you seek advice from and again we were lucky enough to do that with the difc and you know as Salman mentioned it's long established, it knows what it's doing, um, and it's able to support in more than just the functions of, you know, you can incorporate your business here. Um, and that, that, was, that was super valuable, but you really do have to do that research. And again, as Salman said, you know, do not think about coming for six, 12 months because 
it just doesn't work. You have to take a long-term view and therefore businesses need to be you know, relatively serious um, about being in the, in the UAE. Um, so that would be kind of the, the same things as, as, as Salman mentioned. Um, and yeah, from, from my side, I don't think there was anything else that was really kind of um, new to, to add in because those were two of the main things that stand out in my memory from, from when we, we entered into the market. No, that sounds great. And, you know, I really appreciate you guys, you know, sharing all of this with us. I'm going to uh, I'm going to say this, but it's going to be very useful for, you know, companies looking to expand, you know, within the region. Um, and, you know, just coming to a close, uh, do you all want to leave us with a closing thought? Um, Salman, I'll let you go first. Uh, look, I mean, we we are all about our clients. Right. So. Um... Um, we um, want to stress a few things. Um, you know, we want our clients to come here and be successful and, and make money. So to that end, um, I would say a couple of things. Number one is um, this is a pretty, pretty remarkable region um, from a market size perspective uh, out of Dubai into Middle East, Africa, South Asia. And I think if you've been looking for a long time at Europe and North America, only you should consider emerging markets from, from here. I think number two, there are some remarkable opportunities to, to do things that haven't been done before. I think that's really interesting for, for anyone who has a new business model or a new technology. I think there's a lot of uh, underpenetrated opportunities here um, because this is an emerging market. And then the third thing I'd say is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, this is a pretty unique place, um, Dubai, UAE, and DIFC in terms of um, accessing uh, platforms and ideas. Um, th this is a very can -do, a very young can-do environment and you'll find significant governmental support here ranging from you know, uh, access, visas, space, um, uh, you know, investment opportunities. So we would welcome um, you know, anyone in the UK who's, who has um, any questions about um, you know, opportunities in the region, um, you know, feel free to talk to our clients, come talk to us and we'll do um, whatever we can to help support. Sounds great. And, and can you please also tell us, you know, how DIFC enables the end-to-end -end phases and, you know, what should UK companies do if they want to get in touch mm -hmm. to discuss their growth plans? How do they get in touch with yourselves? Yeah, look, basically uh, it's, it's a soup to nuts kind of um, um, uh, operations. So um, ranging from company establishment, legal setup, visas, office space, by the way, highly subsidized for, for growth companies, um, access to potential incubation programs, investment from our fund or other places. By the way, you know, uh, FinTech Hive, which is our accelerator, firms uh, have raised $300 million uh, of, 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 uh, of capital, of, of equity capital. So pretty interesting. So ranging from that all the way up to scaling, partnerships, alliances, JVs, um, all of that you can do here. And that way it, it's, it's useful for companies that are just setting up and for established companies that may be looking to scale either via alliances, joint ventures, partnerships, you know, recapitalization. So it's really a, a full, full solution. And um, we, we do our best to provide our clients with access to opportunities, um, you know, marketing, advertising, um, you know, clients, et cetera. So 
Sounds great. Sounds great. Uh, thank you very much for sharing and to listeners, uh, you know, how to get in touch. Um, how about you, Julian? You want to leave us with a closing thought? Yeah, th thank you. I think, um, you know, for, for Napier as a company, we absolutely have to be where our clients are. Um, and that's the major financial centers, primarily, not exclusively, but primarily. And I think being in the um, you know, the DIFC has enabled us to get um, close contact with them. Um, and it's been an invaluable way of us doing that um, and scaling very quickly in the region. So many thanks to Salman and all his colleagues for helping us do that. It's been a, an amazing journey for us so far. And hopefully we'll get a lot more success in the region, you know, through our own endeavors, but also from the help of you and your team. Thank you so much. How about you, Domantas? The thing that comes to mind is, you know, for businesses coming into the UAE, almost drop the blueprint, um, try and be flexible within this region. Um, and, you know, don't see it as a, as a negative because for a lot of technologies and a lot of businesses, like someone said, with um, different, um, you know, business um, innovation, the, the model is not here, but that is an opportunity to build something. And this is where I found the DIFC to be you know, very good because we came with certain ideas that were not potentially in the market. Um, and you know, we didn't go in and say, we're doing it. We kind of said, hey, look, this is what we want to do. And you know, how do we do this with you guys and with your support? Um, and again, you know, Salman, his team, um, Christian, Mohammed Abdulushi, they all, you know, have been very helpful in thinking, okay, well, this is how we can do things um, and supporting us and helping us build the blueprint that we want to build. So, yeah, I think it's, 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 that, that would be my closing thought, you know, really be flexible. Um, and within the DIFC, you can work with the team here and they'll always be able to support. So, yeah, again, thanks very much um, you know, to Salman and his team for that. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for letting me kind of share some of those um, insights. Thank you so much. So all praises for DIFC. Salman, you guys are doing something right at DIFC, you know, congrats on that front. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. I love, I love the closing thought on, you know, drop your blueprint, be, be flexible. And, and yeah, you know, kudos to all of you. Thank you so much, Salman, Julian, and Omentas for speaking with us today. More power to you and all your teams. Thank you. Thank, you. It's no, thank you. And I just wanted to, you know, thank um, uh, Napier um, and Ebury. And honestly, um, you know, we exist to serve our clients and we greatly appreciate uh, you taking the, you know, trusting us um, with, with your business here. And we look forward to um, our work with, uh, with you. So thank you. Thank you again. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. Amazing. Cheers, guys. And to all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning into Coffee with Innovate Finance. And if you are looking to expand into the region, please do feel free to reach out to DIFC. We'll be more than happy to support and guide you through the process. So thank you all once again. Do look out for upcoming episodes and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn for more on our events and programs. And as always, until next time, take very good care of yourselves and stay safe.